What is it that makes you frustrated with your kids? I know for me, I often get frustrated when my boys won't do what I ask them to do, when they argue and whine, when I give them an instruction, or when they ignore me altogether. All of these things fall under the umbrella of cooperation. Cooperation is working together to accomplish a task without any arguing or bad attitudes. But how do we motivate our kids to cooperate without having to get angry or yell at them? Well, that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode of Redeeming the Chaos. I'm your host, Laurie Christine. I'm an author, a Bible teacher, a biblical parenting coach, wife, and mom to four boys. This is the podcast for moms who feel a bit frazzled and overwhelmed by the responsibility of raising boys. I would love for you to join me on this wild, wonderful, chaotic adventure of raising courageous boys and connecting their hearts to Christ. Today's episode is sponsored by Amanda Trumpower, author of the Power Pup series, an exciting new series that will engage your boys while upholding biblical family values. Learn more about Power Pup a little later in the show. So a few weeks ago, we did an episode on heart-based parenting, and we talked about the seven tools of heart-based parenting. Well, this episode is part two of that first episode, and there will be several more to come. I will have a link to the previous episode in the show notes, or you can find it at lauriechristine.com forward slash 63. In that episode, we talked about what heart-based parenting is, as well as the first of seven tools used in heart-based parenting. I will quickly recap what we talked about in that episode. Most styles of parenting use a behavior modification approach or a reward and punishment system, and it's very justice-based. If you do this good thing, then you get a reward, and if you do, do this bad thing, then you get a punishment. In behavior modification, consistency is key. Your child must get the same reward every time and the same punishment every time in order for this strategy to be effective. And while this type of parenting may work for short-term behavior change, it rarely affects a child's inner motivation to change or to do the right thing. Behavior modification ultimately fosters selfishness in a child's heart. I know in my family, back when we were doing reward charts or sticker charts, my kids would often not want to do anything around the house unless there was a reward involved. I would ask them to clean up their toys and their response was often, well, how many stickers do I get on my chart? Or how many tickets do I get? They were always concerned about the reward. So on one hand, we do want to teach our kids that hard work and effort will pay off in life. And we also want to teach them about the relationship between work and wages. But we also don't want our kids to always be expecting a reward for their work around the house. Sometimes they just need to participate and they need to do work around the house because that's just part of life and they're part of our family. So with a heart-based approach to parenting, Rather than being all about punishment and rewards, this approach trains a child to obey because they have a sense of inner obligation to do the right thing. A heart-based approach considers the work of the Holy Spirit in a child's life because ultimately God is the one who changes the hearts of our children. 
I have been trained as a parent coach and seminar presenter for the National Center for Biblical Parenting. So this concept of heart-based parenting was developed by the founders of this organization, Dr. Scott Taransky and Joanne Miller. Most of the content we talk about in this episode today comes from my training from the National Center for Biblical Parenting. In the previous episode on heart-based parenting, we talked about seven different tools that will help you develop internal motivation in your child. And those tools are relationship, firmness, visioning, transferring responsibility, teaching, spiritual training, and coaching. And we only talked about the first tool in the last episode, and that first tool is relationship. So I'll just give you a quick overview of relationship, and then we are going to move on to the second tool today, which is firmness. Building a relationship with your son will help to soften his heart and allow you to connect with him on a deeper level. It's kind of the foundation for this heart-based parenting. We talked a lot in the last episode um, about practical ways to work on your relationship with your son. So if you want to listen to that episode, you can go to lauriechristine.com forward slash 63. So we want to have a relationship with our kids. We want to meet their emotional needs and empathize with how they're feeling, but we don't want to neglect to show firmness at the same time. Your goal is to be the parent here, not the best friend. So that brings us to our second tool of heart-based parenting, which is firmness. Firmness builds character in our boys. Firmness means drawing a line in the sand and saying, we're not going past this line. The goal of firmness is to train our children. So we don't want to move to consequences too quickly. Consequences are part of heart-based parenting, and they can also be a way to show firmness, but that's not our only option in using firmness. It's important, but that's not our only way to use firmness. It's important not to jump to consequences too quickly, and it's important not to use consequences in a justice mentality. And we'll get to that in a few minutes. So firmness helps our child develop a sense of obligation. In their heart, the sense of I need to do something must overcome their sense of I want to do something. At the beginning of the show, in our introduction, we talked about things that our kids do that often frustrate us, like when your kids won't do what you ask them to do, when they whine and argue when you give an instruction, or when they just ignore you altogether. Using firmness is a great way to develop that sense of inner obligation in your child's heart and help them to learn to cooperate. Firmness is not the same as harshness. Firmness builds character in our kids' hearts, but harshness, on the other hand, pours emotional intensity on the situation, it involves anger, and it ultimately damages relationships. One of the ways we use firmness is by teaching our kids to follow instructions. The first step in learning to follow instructions is to teach our kids to come when they are called. For younger kids, you can turn this into a game, and we call it the come when you're called game. So in this game, the idea is that when you call your child's name, they should stop what they're doing right away, run over to where you are, and say, what, mom? And you're going to practice this with your child over and over again. So for example, you could tell your child, hey, Max, we're going to play a game today, and I want you to go over there, stand by the sofa, and when I call your name, I want you to stop what you're doing, and I want you to run over here and say, what, mom? Okay, 
And then you send Max over and, and in a few minutes you call his name and he comes running over and, and then you give him a big hug and say, great job, buddy. You're learning to obey and you are growing up now. I want you to go back over there and we're going to try it again. And then just practice over and over again, maybe a little bit later, catch him when he's not paying attention, catch him when he's doing something. And if he doesn't listen, be like, oh, hey, remember our game, buddy? When I say your name, I'm get, you, I want you to come and run over to me right away and say, what, mom? And then just say, let's practice again. Let's try it again. And then just give him lots of opportunities to do that. A fun way to mix it up a little bit, you could pretend that you didn't remember what his name is and be like, hey, Bobby, Stanley, Pinocchio, wait, what's your name? Oh, that's right, Max. And then Max comes running over and says, what, mom? And then you give him a big hug and praise him for coming right away. For older kids, um, it might not be appropriate to play a game. They might not think that that's very cool. So you could just have a conversation with your son and say, hey, buddy, I've noticed we've been doing a lot of yelling back and forth across the house. Well, we're going to start something new. When I call your name, I want you to come right away and say, what, mom? Or yes, mom. And I'm going to give you a few chances to practice, okay? And then you can kind of go through that routine with them. I know what you're thinking. What if they don't come? What if they ignore me? Well, that's where the tool of firmness comes in. Rather than getting angry or upset or frustrated, here are a few strategies to try. First of all, rather than yelling across the house or calling across the house, walk to where your son is playing. You need to get close to your son and make sure you get his attention before talking to him. I often ask my sons to look at my face so that I know they have their, t- their attention. Sometimes I have to put my hand on their shoulder. Sometimes I even take their face in my hands in order to get their attention. You might have to turn off the TV or step between your son and the TV to break his concentration. And then next, you're going to give an instruction. But make sure that it sounds like an instruction. You don't want to give them just a suggestion. So for example, hey, buddy, you might want to think about getting ready for bed soon. You know what his response is going to be? Yeah, and I might not want to think about getting ready for bed soon. So rather than just giving him a suggestion about what he might want to think about doing, um, you need to make it sound like an instruction. So use this phrase, you need to blank. And when we do that, this puts the weight of the responsibility on your child. A lot of parents will use the phrase, I need you to. But when we do that, when we use that type of phrase, it doesn't transfer the responsibility to the child. It implies that the parents are the ones who need something, that I need you to get ready. I need you to be quiet. And they're like, man, why is mom so needy? Why does she need all these things? But when we say you need to, then we are teaching our kids responsibility and we are actually giving them the weight of responsibility to to do that task. So after you have given your child an instruction, then they need to respond to you by saying, okay, mom. This affirms that they have heard the instruction and that they're ready to follow through. If your child walks off without responding, even if they're heading in the right direction to do the thing you told them to do, call them back and be like, oh, wait, hold on a second. I need a response from you. I need a response back. So you want to let your child know that they are on a mission to complete the task. And then when they're finished, they need to report back to you. Once they finish the job, they need to come back to you and say, I'm all finished. I'm all done. And then at that point, you will go and inspect their work. Praise them for doing a great job and tell them that they're free to go. But what happens if you go inspect their work and you see that they haven't completed their task to your satisfaction? 
Well, you can use this as an opportunity to explain what your expectations are for this particular job. So for example, you told your son to go get ready for bed. He reports back to you and says, I'm finished. And when you go to inspect, you notice that his toothbrush is not wet. So in this situation, rather than getting angry or yelling, simply remind your son, hey buddy, you did a great job putting your pajamas on. It's always important to praise them for what they did right. Even if it was a teeny little sliver of the whole task that they actually did right, praise them for what they did well. So you did a great job putting your pajamas on. Thank you so much. And I see that you put your dirty clothes in the hamper. Great job. But part of getting ready for bed is also brushing your teeth, which you forgot. So you need to brush your teeth and then report back to me when you're finished. Now, obviously this task getting ready for bed was a multi-step task. So if your child is struggling with multi-step tasks, which my children definitely do, I have to break this down even further and say, give them one instruction at a time. Hey, you need to go put your pajamas on and then report back to me. And then now you need to go put your dirty clothes in the hamper and then report back to me. So you might need to break it down step by step for them. So this routine of giving and receiving instructions is a great way to build character in your child. So just to review those steps that we went through. First, you call your child's name and they say, what mom? And come running over to where you are. Next, you give an instruction. You need to take out the trash. And the child responds, okay, mom. They head off, do the job. And then when they're done with the job, then they need to report back to you and say, I'm all finished. And they come back and you can inspect their work, go and check to see if they actually did the job. And then you can release them, praise them and say, great job. Looks like you did a good job. Or if they didn't do a great job, if they forgot something, then you can use that as an opportunity to set out your expectations for what that job is and how it should be done and the right way to do that job. And then be sure to praise them and be like, great job, buddy. You're really developing some responsibility and maturity here and you're free to go. You can go back and play now. That's always the important step at the very end to release them and let them know that they're free to go back and play. So we're not just teaching our kids to follow instructions so that they will help out more around the house, although that is one benefit of this routine. We are actually teaching our kids to learn to follow instructions because we care about what is going on in their heart. We're working to develop godly character traits in the hearts of our kids. As we teach our kids to follow instructions, we are actually teaching them qualities like responsibility, responsiveness to authority, obedience, learning to give up your own agenda, perseverance, cooperation, thoroughness, and accountability. Who knew all of those qualities could be taught through a simple routine of giving instructions and following instructions? In addition to all of those qualities, when we teach our kids to respond to our authority and instructions as parents, we are actually softening their hearts to receive instruction from the Lord. So when you introduce this new system of giving and following instructions to your kids, it's likely they will push back. They don't want change. They don't want a new routine. So this is a great opportunity to use the tool of firmness with your child. For example, you give your child an instruction and he storms off and says, I'm not doing that. Say, well, hold on a minute. That's not how we do it. When I give you an instruction, you need to reply back and say, okay, mom. So we're going to try it again. I'm going to give you another opportunity to do the right thing. I'm going to walk out of the room and in just a minute, I'm going to come back and I'm going to give you an instruction. Okay, so I want you to be ready. 
So now you're preparing them. You're preparing their heart. They have a minute to get their mind in the right place and you come back in and then you practice and you practice over and over again. So when we practice giving and receiving instructions over and over again with our kids, we are building new routines and behaviors. And over time, you will start to see progress and change in their hearts. We're going to pause just for a second for our sponsor break. This week's episode of Redeeming the Chaos is sponsored by Amanda Trumpower, author of the Power Pup series. Are you looking for an exciting new book series that will engage your boys while upholding your conservative family values? Introducing Power Pup, a Christian superhero series filled with action, humor, and a biblical worldview. Set in the zany world of collar cases, Power Pup joins fan favorites Alex Digger and Mittens Meow as they take on new bad guys, make new friends, and learn more lessons about character. Give your child the gift of superhero adventures without secular entertainment's woke agenda. Everything comes from a biblical worldview in the Color Cases universe. The adventures begin with Power Pup versus Tommy Triggerfinger, available now in paperback, ebook, and audio. Learn more at powerpupbooks.com. Okay, let's get back to our discussion about firmness. Another way to use the tool of firmness in your home is to not allow your kids to manipulate the discussion by arguing or complaining. Don't engage in discussion with a child who is angry, yelling, or arguing. If a child is upset, wait until he calms down to discuss the problem. And we actually have a whole different routine for what to do when your child is off track and needs to calm down. And we will talk about this routine in an upcoming episode. So if your child is whining or nagging you, don't continue with the conversation. Tell your son, well, hold on a minute. This sounds like whining. I will not discuss this with with you when you're whining. Let's try again. And you can give him another opportunity to ask his question or to present his case. It's really important not to get sucked in to the emotions of your child. If your child is angry or yelling, it's important to remain calm. And I know this is so hard. It's so hard not to get sucked in to their level of emotions. Don't let your son's negative emotions dictate your responses to him. This takes a lot of practice. But when we meet our child at the same level of intensity, the situation only escalates and gets worse. I'm sure you have seen that in your home. You know, your son is yelling and he's angry and then you start yelling and get angry at him and then he yells back and it's just it's just escalates into chaos. But through the help of the Holy Spirit, we can remain calm and not get sucked in to the roller coaster of our kids' intense emotions. So we mentioned consequences earlier, and giving consequences are also a part of firmness, but they are just one of the tools in our toolbox. So we want to be careful not to jump to consequences too quickly. A heart-based approach to parenting uses consequences differently than other parenting styles. So for example, in a behavior modification approach to parenting, consequences are always based on a justice mentality. So if you do this, then you get this punishment. If you do this other good thing, then you get this reward. But in heart-based parenting, consequences are always forward-looking. The goal is heart change. So here's an example. Your son has a bad attitude and tells you to shut up when you ask him to do something. 
In a behavior modification approach, the consequence might be that he loses his screen time privileges for that day. Then when the day is over, he gets his phone back, he gets his iPad back, but no heart change has taken place. In a heart-based approach, however, consequences always have the goal of heart change. So you might say to your son, hey buddy, I have noticed that you have had a really bad attitude when I tell you to do something around the house. Your behavior does not show honor and it's not okay for you to act like that. We're going to work on this together. Here's what we're going to do. I am going to take away your iPad until I see some changes in your behavior. There's no set amount of time. It's up to you to earn back the privilege of screen time. I would like to give you your iPad back, but first you must demonstrate to me that your attitude is changing and that you can respond to me in the right way. I will give you plenty of opportunities to practice over the next few days. Now, it's possible that your son might quickly change his behavior for a few days in order to get his iPad back, but that's okay because he's still practicing the right thing to do. And over time, you will start to see a change in his heart. I have a lot more I could talk about with consequences. There are lots of different options for consequences, natural consequences, logical consequences, but um, we might get into that in another episode of Redeeming the Chaos. Let's move on. Another way to use firmness as a parenting tool is to teach our kids to accept no as an answer. A lot of kids can't handle hearing the word no, and a lot of parents actually think that they might damage their kids if they say no to their child or if they withhold something from them. But actually, just the opposite is true. By teaching our kids to accept no for an answer, we are teaching them the heart quality of contentment. Our kids will learn to live within the limits set for them, and they will develop the heart qualities of unselfishness and gratitude. I actually have an entire episode on redeeming the chaos, and it's all about teaching our kids to take no for an answer. In this episode, I interviewed Dr. Scott Taransky, the co-founder of the National Center for Biblical Parenting, and you can find that episode at lariechristine.com forward slash 60. So what if your kids push back? When you begin to use the heart tool of firmness with your son, you should expect some resistance. When you start setting boundaries for your kids and saying no, more often your kids will push back. Just remember, firmness is not harshness. We are firm with our kids because we love them and we know what's best for them, just as God is firm with us. Don't get caught up in your own emotions when your child resists correction or a change in routine. Practice makes progress. As you start to put these heart-based parenting tools into practice, over time, you will begin to see some changes in your son's behavior and in his heart. So there is a lot more I could say about firmness, about giving instructions, consequences, and developing cooperation in our kids, but we just don't have time today. I am a certified biblical parenting coach through the National Center for Biblical Parenting, and I do offer a limited number of coaching sessions for parents where we meet over the course of eight weeks, and I help you to establish some new routines in your home and deal with some of those challenging behaviors in your children. 
So if that is something that you are interested in learning more, you can go to christianparentcoach.com. And I will also have a link in today's show notes. Just a reminder, our sponsor for this week's episode is Amanda Trumpower, author of the Power Pup series. So if you would like to learn more about Power Pup and this new adventure for kids, just go to powerpupbooks.com. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of Redeeming the Chaos. Join us next time as we talk about the third tool of heart-based parenting, visioning. You can find the show notes for this episode at lauriechristine.com forward slash 66.